The Mariners have won back-to-back -back series for the first time since April 23rd. Julio Rodriguez has taken home some hardware, and the M's begin a three-game set with the Texas Rangers tonight. It's going to be a good show here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, June 3rd, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. He's Colby Padnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also follow Inside the Mariners over at Inside Mariners on Twitter. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Locked On Mariners covers more of the day-to-day -day with EMs. We also get into some non-baseball discussions on Control the Zone as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So, as I mentioned in the cold open, the Mariners have won their first back-to-back -back series since April 23rd. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. We're also going to be talking about Julio Rodriguez, who took home some hardware earlier today. And we're going to be talking about the Mariners' upcoming three-game set with Rangers this weekend and uh, later on in the show. But first, let's get into last night's ball game. The Mariners win 7-6 over the Orioles and take 2-3 from the O's in Baltimore and it took an additional inning to play for them to get it done. There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of couple blown leads by both teams in this one, some bad baseball in general from both teams. And uh, this game did not get off to a great start either for the Seattle Mariners. Jesse Winker roping a double in uh, into the left center field gap to start this game, tries to leg out a triple and is unfortunately thrown out trying to do so. But he did have a, game, a good game overall, goes three for five with a pair of doubles and um, gets an RBI as well. Uh, Chris Flexen started this game and was pretty shaky. Just 18 of, or sorry, 14 of his 76 pitches went for called strikes or whiffs. That's not going to get the job done. Uh, and then uh, Matt Festa, unfortunately, uh, helped the Orioles get back into this game after the Mariners took a 6-3 lead. They gave the lead right back. It was 6-6. And uh, thankfully, Diego Castillo, who's struggled mightily to start the season, came in in the ninth and worked two scoreless innings, one in the ninth inning to keep the Orioles from winning this game and then to shut the door in the 10th inning after Abraham Toro hit a game-winning uh, RBI triple. Colby, um, I mean, it's it's just it's kind of nice to talk about back-to-back -back series wins here for the Mariners because, again, this is the first time they've done this since April 23rd. That's when they won three straight series against the Astros, Rangers, and Royals. I was on that great homestand back when everything was looking a lot better for the Mariners when they went 7-2 and two on their on their first homestand of the year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how, how huge is this for the uh, for the Mariners to get this series win? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a series they needed. Um, it's It's... Obviously, no such thing as a must-win on June 2nd, but you have to start kind of pushing yourself back up the mountain. And in order to do that, you have to win these series uh, against teams that are less talented than you. And, and Baltimore, while they are a team on the rise, is at least a year behind you. So you really did need to win this series. Um, it kind of prevents you from having to 
sweep the Astros, uh, depending on what you do in the Texas series, of course. Uh, but you do have to start putting these putting these kind of streaks together where you're winning, you know, five out of six series, and maybe one of them is a sweep. You have to start doing those things because, uh, you know, it's it's 110 games until uh, the end of the year, but it's only about. 50 until you know jerry and, and the, his front office have to start making decisions about which direction the team is going to go so you have to you have to you know push back here you have to start climbing to, to uh 500 and and you know this team it just doesn't seem like it's going to come in the form of a, a nine game winning streak or anything like that yep. so uh you just got to keep winning series and and uh, you know scott certainly acted like yesterday's game was a huge must win he went to seawald in the sixth you know he pushed uh, you know, he pushed uh, Castillo for two innings uh, when he's always been a one-inning guy, and uh, he was he was very aggressive with the bullpen. So, didn't let uh, Flexen go back out there even after it was six to three. Um, so he was very aggressive with his bullpen. He went to his probably his got his four best guys. Uh, didn't work out for Festa, but the other three were really good. And so uh, yeah. Scott certainly treated this game like he uh, he needed it, and. Uh, you know, it, as as a result, the Mariners win seven to six, and, and they get out of Baltimore for the year, and, and they uh, they win a series that they needed to win. Yeah, if you're Scott Service, you know you have one of the most struggling bullpens in baseball right now, where you have really maybe two, three guys that you can rely on at the moment, and you use Seawald in the sixth, as you mentioned there, and um, unfortunately Seawald isn't able to get the job done. Obviously, wasn't put in a, in the best situation to succeed, of course. Uh, but you know, you really don't have anyone that you can rely on there, and you go Castillo in the ninth, and um, he he has his longest outing of the season thus far. And to be able to face the minimum in both innings to keep the Orioles off the board there in the ninth, and then come back in, in the tenth and shut things down. He had three strikeouts, and I mean, Castillo's put it together here over the last few outings. Now it's been seven outings. Uh, he gave up two runs in Boston, but that's it. Uh, that's all he's uh, he's allowed so far. Just two hits. He struck out twelve. He's walked two in that time, and this really started with his appearance back in New York when he came in with runners on second and third, just one out, and he struck out Starling Marte and Pete Alonso. It's huge. Uh, Castillo being good would be very beneficial for for this team. Quite frankly, that would be massive uh, for this team. Uh, so Jesse Winker and Luis Torrens, the number nine and number one hitters for the Mariners in this game. Did the bulk of the work. Six hits, three runs driven in between the two. And uh, both of them also had some uh, base running miscues, <laughs> trying to leg out an additional base than, uh, than they could have. And uh, But yeah, overall, a really good game for both of these guys who have been struggling. Um, Winker, of course, has been underwhelming since uh, coming over in the trade with the Reds. Uh, he's had some good games here and there. But overall, you know, he hasn't been able to sustain that over the course of any given stretch. So I'm not going to ask you if he's going to be if this is a sign that he's turning things around. But I will give you the floor here as the uh, resident Luis Turin Stan to uh, to go ahead and gloat a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just, you know, confirming priors. Uh, Luis Turin is better than Cal Raleigh. He's better than Dylan Moore. Um, he deserves to play more. Uh, as a result, but uh, you know, Cal's already back in the lineup today because it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, apparently, uh, which goes against everything you believe in, Ty. So that's kind of weird that you've been pretty silent about uh, 
Mm. Yeah, it was it was a good night. Uh, it was one he def- definitely needed. We saw him go up the middle. We saw him go the other way. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what we want to see from Terence. That's how we know he's going pretty well. Um, but you know, to be fair, Luis has been pretty good over his last eleven games. Uh, granted, this is over the course of about two weeks because he somehow lost his job in the inferior Cal Raleigh, but. Over his uh, 34 plate appearances, Terenz is hitting 321 with a 441 uh, on base percentage. So we're starting to see it a little bit here um, from Luis. His batting average is up to 220, 222 on the year. Um, certainly not good, but it is turning in the right direction. Uh, so I would like to see him play a little bit more. I, I don't think he needs to be in a true timeshare with Raleigh. I think he's legitimately better than Cal Raleigh, so he should be getting a bulk of the work, but it's not really what the Mariners want to do right now. So um, nobody ever accused the Mariners of being smart with their catchers. So who knows? But uh, no, Terence was, was really good. And, and obviously, you know, him hitting nine and then Winker coming up and, and hitting leadoff uh, that kind of wrap around really is yeah. what saved the Mariners because Ty France had a rare, terrible night at the plate. Yeah. That's the, uh, the big thing here, right? Is France goes over five with a strikeout, which, if this was just any other hitter, I mean, whatever. We probably wouldn't even talk about it. We wouldn't even acknowledge it on the show. But Ty France has been so damn good this season that he goes 0 for 5, and it's like the sky is falling. Uh, so I'm sure he's going to get back after it tonight, probably have a three-hit game or, or something like that. That's just kind of what Ty France does. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I would play the hot hand here with, with Terenz and at least DH him tonight. But I know that they're using the DH spot right now for, for Frazier and to get Toro in the lineup and all that. But, you know, but I guess the, that's just that's just what we're doing tonight. We're going to be talking about that series in a little bit later. Uh, but first, we're going to be talking about Julio Rodriguez, who took home some hardware earlier today in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. With spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, before we talk about Julio Rodriguez, we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, so Julio Rodriguez had an incredible month of May. He hit 309, 339, 527 with a 156 WRC plus. 
He hit six home runs, including his first career home run on May 1st against Sandy Alcantara. He had 17 runs driven in overall, four doubles, a triple, six stolen bases. And of course, he was also playing a plus center field. He's 94th percentile and outs above average this year. Uh, the dude is just the complete package. And for his efforts, he barely edged out Jeremy Pena of the Astros for the American League Rookie of the Month award earlier today. Uh, Pena, of course, uh, pretty much matched Julio's numbers, but did miss a few games with uh, right knee discomfort in the middle of the May. Uh, but yeah, Julio has been spectacular. But I will ask you this, Colby. Do you think this is the peak for Julio this season? Of course, I think we all expect that he is going to be kind of at that level eventually in his career consistently throughout the course of a season. But in terms of just rookie Julio Rodriguez this year at 21 years old, first year at the major league level with just 200-something plate appearances above high A, do you think this is the best we're going to see from him this year? Maybe in the power department. Um, you know, six home runs is a month in a month is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, heck, if you do that every month of the season, that's, you know, 36 home runs. So uh, it, it was pretty impressive. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be his best. I don't want to put anything past Julio. He's incredibly talented, and he's off to a good start here in June. I mean, it's only eight at-bats or nine plate appearances, but he does have three hits and, you know, a couple doubles, a stolen base already. So, We'll see. But uh, Julio, you know, the only thing I can really nitpick that might get exploited here in, in the coming weeks, um, he's just not willing to take ball four. He's he's chasing pitchers' pitches in, you know, 3-0, 3-1 counts, um, which has led to some soft contact and some some poor at-bats here in the last week or so. Uh, hasn't hurt the numbers yet overall, but that is something that major league pitchers are going to exploit until Julio – fixes it more or less. Now he's still hitting the the mistake pitches. He's still doing damage to them. So it's not something that is easily noticeable. Um, but you know, it, and it is something that you do admittedly have to kind of nitpick at um, when you're trying to find something, um, you know, in regard to what Julio can do better, but that's one of those things. And, you know, his, not his splits, there's definitely a pretty big split against lefties and righties. Um, and part of that is the, the right-handed slider uh, that Julio took pretty well in the last few weeks of April. And then in May, he got uber aggressive and, uh, you know, he started to chase that pitch a little bit again. Uh, but the strikeouts are, are manageable. He struck out 29 times in 115 plate appearances. It's a little high, but it's not, you know, ungodly or unworkable. Um, unfortunately he walked just five times. So I'd like to see him walk a little bit more, be a little bit uh, more selective on these borderline pitches, particularly when you're in a hitter's count. Um, but as to whether or not Julio can have a month as good as that again this month, he certainly can. Would I expect it? I don't know. That's, that's expecting an awful lot from a 21 year old kid. Yeah. I I mean, just considering what he was able to do in the month of May, that's pretty extraordinary. Uh, I mean, he was one of the 20 best hitters in all of baseball, uh, for, for the month of May. I, you know, considering the cat and mouse game that happens with every single prospect that has ever come up through baseball, through <laughs> over the course of baseball's existence of, uh, you know, the league figuring him out and adjusting to him and then him figuring the league out and adjusting to them and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, he's going to go through some struggles. He's going through, he's going to go through all of that, but just because he maybe doesn't match the numbers that he posted in May for the rest of the year, 
doesn't mean that he's necessarily struggled either. Because, again, he was just that extraordinary in the month of May. But overall, just looking at Julio, I mean, I would still say that right now Pena has the upper hand in the AL Rookie of the Year race still. Uh, but that gap is starting to close. And with another really good month from Julio, things could quickly change in that race as well. Plus, Stephen Kwan fell off this past month as well. So it looks like it's just a two-man race there with, with Pena and, uh, and Julio. <laughs> Um, there's obviously a couple of other names that, that, that are going to be Joe involved Ryan. as well. Yeah. Joe Ryan, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a great start for Julio, especially after the struggles that he dealt with in April. I mean, they were pretty severe growing pains. And again, this is a guy that's only had 200 something plate appearances above high A before he started this season. Uh, but he is, I mean, you just see him. He, everything that he does offensively, the fact that he's been a, a plus defender in center field as well, I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere. And him being great off the field, he's the complete package. I mean, you just see it. You see it the way that he interacts with, uh, you know, young fans at, at the ballpark. Uh, you just see it in the way that he just carries himself, the smile, even when he got ejected the other night for his first career ejection, he was kind of smiling and laughing about it as well. He just, he has fun playing baseball. That's what baseball players should be doing, having fun. It's a game. And uh, Julio embodies the best of baseball, quite frankly. And it's uh, good to see him being recognized on a national level. Uh, so the Mariners are heading down to Texas and uh, going to be playing the Rangers. They're also going to be playing the Astros here before this road trip ends. But first up, the Rangers. We're going to be talking about the series that's coming up this weekend in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. So forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Bilt's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, for real. With Bilt, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. So go to Bilt.com, try some for yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order at Bilt.com. So we got the Mariners and the Rangers starting up tonight at Globe Life Park. Or, or is it Field? Which one is Park and which one is Field? Is, is Park the... Uh, the old ballpark and field is the new one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Nobody matter. Cares. It looks like a toaster. That's the, the the one that looks like a toaster. That's the one that we're talking about. Uh, we got Logan Gilbert versus Dane Dunning tonight. Should be an interesting matchup. Gilbert's been solid. Not as good as he was in April, but he's still been solid here over the uh, the month of May and now going into June. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of Gilbert tonight? Yeah, I'm uh, hoping to see the uh, the slider working. Uh, quite a bit. We know the fastball. We know what we're going to get. Um, there are some dangerous left-handed hitters, Nathaniel Lowe, uh, struggling a bit right now, but still we know what he's capable of. Pretty good hitter. Uh, Cole Calhoun, doesn't matter what his numbers are, he's going to do something against the Mariners. Um, and Jonah Heim, of, yes, that Jonah Heim is in the lineup tonight as well. So uh, we'll see, obviously, Corey Seager, who's been meh, okay. And, and Simeon uh, hit his first home home game home run the other day so maybe he's starting to turn things around but 
Gilbert, we know he's, we're going to see the fastball. We know he's going to get pretty good value off of it. Um, for the most part, everybody has bad days, but feel pretty good about that. So it's going to come down to can he have the slider or the changeup um, or both uh, mm-hmm. or neither. <laughs> and if he doesn't yeah. have if he doesn't have any off speed pitch, then Texas is probably going to put up some runs against him. If he has one or the other, then he's got a good shot. And uh, it would really behoove the the Mariners if Gilbert could go six or seven. Uh, Robbie Ray just went five. Chris Flexen just went five. Uh, Diego Castillo and Paul Seawald probably not available tonight, Um, which, you know, means that the next highest leverage guy available to you, Munoz, maybe if he's available and Rowanis Elias, like, Mm. Uh, so every out that Logan Gilbert gets you is, is huge. Um, And so uh, I'd like to see him go six or seven tonight, Uh, you know, two, three run ball uh, against a lineup. That's not, deep but does have some some uh potentially dangerous hitters uh including one of my favorite players adolis garcia yeah and then you know nathaniel lowe's been great over the last couple weeks uh cole cole calhoun obviously a thorn in the side every time that he plays the mariners uh he's been great over the last couple weeks um yeah they they have some guys that are popping off right now and in in their last 30 games they're 18 and 12 uh, this this team is only two games under 500 right now, and they're only two games back of the third and final wild card in the AL. Obviously, it's way too early to to worry about that, but that's just trying to give you an idea of where they kind of fall in, in the uh, standings here in the American League as uh, as a whole. And uh, so, this is not going to be a walk in the park for the Mariners. The Rangers have been legitimately good right now. The uh, since you know in this stretch that they've been 18 and 12, their pitching staff fourth in F4. Like they 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 are they have some guys here uh, both in the rotation and in the bullpen. Martin right. Perez is going to be a guy that the uh, Mariners see on Sunday. Uh, the veteran lefty is having arguably a career year right now. One four four two yeah. ERA. Uh, he's been spectacular. So this is going to be a very difficult series for the Mariners. But if they could win this series and get three in a row here. I mean, it would be massive uh, for their chances to uh, dig themselves out of this hole that they unfortunately created with their disastrous month of May. And, um, you know, and it would also help them uh, climb up the AL West standings a little bit as well. And and they do have a chance here. Uh, Very small chance, but they do have a chance here to uh, surpass the Rangers in the AL West standings with a sweep. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, uh, anything else we should be looking out for here with the with this Rangers team? Anything else that stands out to you about them? Uh, just that they they have some nice athleticism. Uh, Eli White's one of the fastest guys in baseball. Garcia, plus defender in center field, he can really run. Uh, we know about Simeon and, and his age, yet he's still a pretty good runner. Um, you know, they they're they're a team that is playing well but they're not a good team, if that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty important for the Mariners to uh, to play well this series, and if they don't, then they could just as easily get swept as easily as they could sweep. And, and you really like to win the series because then you do go to Houston, and then you kind of enter the last – I won't say the last, but you kind of enter like the last gauntlet of your schedule for a little while. You play mm-hmm. the Red Sox for three, the Twins for three, the Angels for five. Um, before you go back out on the road to play Oakland. Now, obviously the Angels are struggling right now. The Red Sox are struggling right now, but we also know 
that doesn't matter for the Mariners to just flip a coin. You, you never know what Mariners team you're going to get. So yeah. uh, winning, winning these two, two of these three would be huge. Um, and you know, that they'll have to, they'll have to play well. Dunning's on a nice little run and, and Perez is probably the Rangers all-star rep right now. Uh, and you have to face both of them in this series. And also you, you know, late, late arriving playing last night, you didn't get the, the getaway day game. You had to play at night and, and it was a kind of a long game. Uh, Texas was, was done at four o'clock their time and they're going to be well rested. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not, there's a lot of little factors that aren't boding well for the Mariners in this series. So mm-hmm. winning tonight would be huge and kind of, you know, buy you a margin of error similar to what they did in Baltimore. But uh, yeah, they got to find a way to win the series uh, because things start to get harder pretty quick. Yeah. Unfavorable circumstances to be certain, but this is a very big series for the Mariners and a good test for them as well. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Padnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow our website, Inside the Mariners, at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's precedent past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Monday. Peace.